service. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, Discos, I've got something special for you guys. You asked, we listened, and now it's finally here. Introducing Disgraceland All Access, our very first official membership program. Disgraceland All Access membership is your chance to support the show and get ad-free listening, an exclusive scripted episode every month, and exclusive bonus content every week, plus access to an always-on chat with me and your fellow Discos. Visit disgracelandpod.com slash membership and sign up today. Hey, Discos. Need a little more Disgraceland in your life? Just a touch to get you through? Yeah, me too. This is the podcast that comes after the podcast. Welcome to Disgraceland, the after party. Welcome to the Disgraceland bonus episode, a little thing we like to call the after party. This is the show after the show, the party after the party, the bridge to get you from one episode of Disgraceland to the other, the backyard to dig into the dirt. On this episode, we are talking about Sonny Rollins, some of the most talented musicians alive, Tom Petty, Somewhere You Feel Free, and of course, your voicemails, texts, DMs, and more. And as always, a whole lot of Rosie. All right, this goes, let's get into it. Hey ho, let's go, Discos. It's Sonny Rollins week here in Disgraceland. Sonny Rollins was a badass in the purest sense of the word. And I'm not just talking about all the bad things Sonny Rollins got up to, pickpocketing, heroin, couple stints in Rikers Island, all things you can hear about in the full episode of Sonny that we just released. But, um, more specifically, I'm um, talking about in his dedication to his craft. At the height of his fame, when he, he'd already made it in 1959, Downbeat Magazine, the authority on jazz music, ranked Sonny Rollins as the number one jazz saxophonist in the world. It's a big deal. Uh, when that happened, Sonny disappeared. And he just dropped out of the scene. No one knew where he went, largely. And... Uh, he went to practice. <laughs> Disappeared to go practice, okay? Let me say that again. After conquering his field, after ascending at least critically higher than Miles Davis, John Coltrane, Sonny Rollins decided it was time to stop performing and to start practicing. So for two years, Sonny Rollins squirreled himself away and dedicated himself to becoming even better than he was before. Um, better than everyone in his field already knew that he was. And this was because, I mean, not only because of the highly competitive world of jazz music, but uh, Sonny Rollins just, he, he knew how good his contemporaries were, specifically the aforementioned Miles Davis and John Coltrane. Um, they're wildly inventive playing. These, these albums they had, they had or were making or were about to make kind of blue giant steps, respectively, just Phenomenal records. 
So Sonny Rollins is like, uh, I'm out. I got to I gotta do better. I'm going to go. Uh, I know I can basically play wherever I want, um, do whatever I want creatively, but uh, I'm going to go just not do any of that, and I'm just going to practice constantly for two years. Uh, I don't know, man. It's weird, but it's compelling. The idea of walking away from the stage at the peak of your popularity uh, and your acceptance as a performative practice to get better. There's something about it that's maniacal that I love. Uh, I'm not going to get into the rest of the story here. You're going to have to check out the episode if you have not already to find out what happens. But I am going to use this as a jumping off point to talk about talent and craft in music and to get to a very stupid but fun question for us to answer. So I was watching the Bo Jackson 30 for 30 episode with my youngest son last night. And, you know, Bo Jackson, that's talent. Bo Jackson had raw athletic talent that no athlete probably in modern history ever displayed up until that point. The things Bo Jackson could do were just otherworldly, both on and off the baseball and football fields. He could dunk at 12 years old. Supposedly, he could hurdle hurdle Volkswagens, like literally just jump over the top of a car. Uh, he could do all kinds of crazy shit, okay? That's just raw talent. And then there's craft. Blues musician Robert Johnson, like Bo Jackson, had talent. Not as much, uh, but he was talented. And then supposedly the devil taught Robert Johnson his craft. The story goes, as you know, that Robert Johnson went away, interned at the crossroads or whatever, learned his craft in the Delta, and reemerged on the blues party scene, sounding like he was playing three guitars at once. That, of course, makes for a nice story, but it isn't likely true. What is more accurate is that Robert Johnson played that guitar of his night and day, stopping only to slip into bed with different women in every town, but I digress. It was the repetitive, constant attention to playing to his craft that made his guitar a new physical appendage, a third arm, something as familiar to him physically as a limb. That's what made him so damn good, the playing, no disrespect to Satan's powers, but I believe it was Robert Johnson's attention to his craft, actually, that made him so great, not some mythical Faustian bargain. So, talent and craft which is more important when it comes to music. Sonny Rollins obviously doubled down on craft, but to what end? If you ask the average person who Sonny Rollins was, I doubt they'd know. Not that that really matters, but most people don't know who Sam Fuller was, and that doesn't make him any less of a great director, or who Raymond Chandler was, and likewise, Chandler's still one of the greatest authors of the 20th century. But still, if you're going to dedicate nearly every moment of your life to your craft, and you would hope that it would result in some real recognition. Uh, do something for 20 minutes every day, and you'll be better than 90% of the people in the world at that thing. I don't know if that's true, but I believe it, and I preach it to my kids, my sons, and we practice that too. My youngest hits baseballs for at least 20 minutes every day, and my oldest reads and draws. Um, Sonny Rollins practiced saxophone on the Brooklyn Bridge every day, not just for 20 minutes, for hours, and surely that made him one of the greats at his craft. But what did Prince do to practice? Or Frank Sinatra? Or Stevie Wonder? Or Paul McCartney? Or Brian Wilson? What, if anything, does Taylor Swift do to practice? Or Lady Gaga? Or Dave Grohl? These are some of the biggest entertainers in the history of modern pop music. How much of their success was due to talent and how much was due to craft? I remember reading that Frank Sinatra would swim to prepare for recording sessions, and that while swimming laps, he would hold his breath for long stretches at a time, and he'd think about the phrases that he would later sing in the studio. 
And this, of course, resulted in Frank's unique phrasing, those long phrases that go uninterrupted by the singer's need to breathe, those phrases that sound so fluid and so smooth and so unique to Frank. It's hard to imagine Prince or Stevie Wonder or Paul McCartney or even Brian Wilson practicing. Sure, I can see them recording. I can see them composing, writing, sitting around, putting songs together. But but practicing? Practice? <laughs> to quote Iverson. Uh, Jerry Garcia would sit in front of the television for hours. Jerry Garcia from The Grateful Dead would sit in front of his television for hours at a time and just run scales on his guitar. Just constantly, just over, just watching TV, but aimlessly, physically, just practicing, just moving those hands, doing those scales, those bluegrass scales from when he was a kid. He did this right up until the end. He never stopped practicing. I'm sure that for Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga, Dave Grohl, modern performers, performers who are out there on the road for the most part, um, I'm sure that for them, practice is just built into their daily routines and is secondary. Uh, while they're on the road, sound checking, uh, you're 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 playing with your band when you're sound checking. You're you're warming up your voice. Uh, you're rehearsing the band. They're dancers. That's all. That's all preparation. It's not necessarily practice. It's hard to imagine Taylor Swift or Dave Grohl practicing every day with their instruments in the manner that Sonny Rollins did. But the point I'm getting to is, like, does it matter really? I mentioned Lady Gaga and Frank Sinatra purposefully amongst Prince and Stevie and Brian Wilson. That's because Gaga and Frank are more in the Bo Jackson mode. They play, or in Frank's case, played on two different fields, both in music and on screen, and are insanely talented in both cases. Watch Gaga in A Star is Born and tell me you're not down to watch her in anything else she appears in from here to eternity. And speaking of from here to eternity, the film that is Sinatra with his Maggio character, proves that he's nearly as talented an actor as he is a singer, and that is saying a lot because Sinatra is likely the greatest pop singer of all time. But here's what I'm getting at. Here's the stupid question. Whether it was craft that got them there or raw, God-given skills, which musician is the greatest of all time? Is it Prince? I remember I remember thinking this when Prince died. I was like, wow, did we just lose Jordan? Was he the, was he the best ever? He could play nearly everything. He could write, he could sing, he could produce. Sadly, he couldn't act, but I'm just talking about musicianship amongst pop stars. Put the acting aside. And then look at the results. Look at the hits, the albums. Look at the cultural impact the guy has had. Stevie Wonder. Everything I just said about Prince, I can say about Stevie too, pretty much. Maybe not as culturally impactful. I don't know, maybe he is. I'm, I'm younger, it's hard to know. Um, is it Dave Grohl? I, you're, you're shaking your head now when you think about Dave Grohl compared to Prince. And I guarantee you Dave Grohl would be shaking his head if he knew he was being compared to Prince as well. But dude played drums in Nirvana and now he fronts the Foo Fighters. And go ahead and check the stats on the Foo Fighters in terms of albums sold and successful singles. And even that aside, just, you know, drive down the road, turn the radio on, like listen to a Foo Fighters song. <laughs> it's just great. It's incredible. It's, all, it's still incredible. It's been incredible. Our whole adult, my whole adult life, it's still incredible. Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. Is it Taylor Swift? Her talent is massive. It's undeniable. And when it comes to cultural impact, there isn't anyone I've mentioned so far who can compare. What about Paul McCartney? 
He wrote teeny bopper hits that made the world burst at the seams in excitement over his cute looks. And then he wrote fucking Eleanor Rigby, not to mention everything on Ram, basically in his garage. And he's still going into his 80s. The dude isn't a musician. He's an alien. 617-906-6638. Who is the greatest musician of all time? I know it's a dumb question, but that's what makes it fun. Who is the greatest? You can pick one, the greatest musician of all time. All right. At Disgraceland Pod, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I want to know who you think. I want to know why you think it. Let me know. I'll be back after this. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey, Discos, it's Jake here. Thank you so much for listening to Disgraceland. Your support truly means a lot to me, and it's because of you that my team and I are able to make this show. If you want more Disgraceland, if you want more regular interactions with me and the community of Disgraceland listeners, or if you simply want to listen to the show ad-free, go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership. For just five bucks a month, you can listen to every episode of Disgraceland ad-free. Plus, you'll get one brand new exclusive episode every month. You'll also get weekly unscripted bonus content, special audio collections, and early access to merch and events. There are two ways that you can support the show and become a member at disgracelandpod.com slash membership. You can sign up using Patreon and listen to the show ad-free on Apple, Spotify, and most other major podcast platforms. And Patreon members also get access to all the other perks of membership and an always-on chat where I'll be interacting with you and diving deeper into the world of Disgraceland. But maybe you're currently an Apple Podcast subscription listener and you want to just tap into all the bonus audio content and ad-free listening that we're offering. We're also offering this membership as a premium channel on Apple Podcasts. However you choose to join, all you got to do is go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Support the show for just $5 a month, five bucks, or sign up for an annual plan and get two months free. Come join me and your fellow discos at Disgraceland All Access by visiting disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Welcome back to Musicland Stories. Join us for a new aquatic season, exploring the sonic adventures of sea creatures from ghost crabs to octopodies, earworms to mazes of coral reef. Listen to the newest season of Musicland Stories, airing weekly every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon, aquatic adventurers. Captain out. All right, 617-906-6638. That's the number to answer the stupid question of the week. This week, it's who do you think is the greatest musician of all time and why? You can also just call and say what's up. 
introduce yourself. Let me know a little bit about who you are, what you're into. At Disgraceland Pod works as well, but we like the text. We like the voicemails, uh, just like this one from the 512. Lots of talk lately about classic country uh, due to the Merle Haggard episode that we just dropped. And uh, this listener's call... <laughs> called in to tell us about the famous country singer and his great-grandmother. Uh, pretty awesome. Check this out. Hey, Jake. It's Nathan from Space City. Uh, it's been fun talking to you on Instagram, but I thought I'd drop you a couple of Waylon Jennings stories. Um, grew up in the town close to where he was born and raised. My great-grandmother was actually one of his babysitters when he was a, a toddler. Um, then when he got up to be a teenager, he asked my grandma, my paternal grandmother, out on a date, and she turned him down because uh, he never kept his fingernails clean. And so you can even look at old, old uh, record albums, and, of course, his fingernails are not clean. Um, <clears throat> when he, I guess, got a little bit older and was probably working for the crickets at the time, uh, he was a DJ in Portales, and mom went and watched him flip the wax there for a bit so i thought that was kind of interesting so there you go thought you might enjoy the stories all right later dude amazing story your paternal grandmother sounds like a smart lady for turning that date with waylon down um thanks for the call man appreciate it let's check in with uh curtis from 860 jake this is curtis from connecticut uh, i just listened to that podcast and Little did you know, you dropped that on my birthday. Uh, I turned 33 on July 13th, and I just listened to it, and I should have small rock. Uh, dude, I would love to talk to you uh, anytime. 860 would make my absolute day. But damn, man, I appreciate the explanation. I appreciate the podcast, and please continue to rock on, man. You are absolutely an idol, man. I listen to you all the time. I've been busy lately, so I haven't been able to keep up to date, but god damn, man. You are an absolute fucking legend. Keep on keeping on, brother. Well, happy birthday, Curtis. Thanks for the kind words. I had no idea I was responding on your birthday. Love that that worked out. Thank you for the continued support. All right, let's check out uh, Matthew from the 770. Hey, this is Matthew from the 770, and everybody at my warehouse listens to your show and then chats about it at lunch, so we appreciate everything you do. We want to hear about Meatloaf. I'm a Texan originally, and I'm into Bat Out of Hell. He's got a really wild story in the back and uh, had a wild life, so I thought he'd be a good choice for character. Meatloaf, give it a try. Thanks for everything you do. Bye. All right, Matthew and the rest of the guys and gals in the warehouse, hope you aren't working too hard. Your bosses are treating you right. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for discussing Disgraceland over lunch. Meatloaf, huh? Uh, I was sad when Meatloaf died. He was a part of my youth. Those songs were everywhere, even though they were old when I was young. They were still everywhere. They're probably still everywhere. Um I also thought that Meatloaf was one of the more interesting pop stars we've had. Sounds like you're aware of some interesting drama in his past. So I will look that up and uh, get back to you guys. Appreciate the suggestion and the support. Keep it up. All right. Love the messages, guys. Uh, put the call out a couple weeks back for you guys to introduce yourselves, like I said. So let's meet Jason from the Bronx. Hey, Jake. It's JT from the Bronx. I'm a caseworker for the city of New York. I'm also a huge Beatle maniac. I love this great man. I have been a fan since day one. I usually listen to the podcast while cooking. Gives my food more flavor. Anyway, keep up the good work. 
And a special shout out to your team. God bless. Yo, dude, I love that you listen to Disgraceland while cooking. Uh, the team at Double Elvis is going to be stoked uh, that you shouted them out as well. Thank you. Uh, I listen to pods when I cook as well, mainly breaking points, but I hate cooking. I'm not good at it. Pro tip, Jason, uh, and uh, not to be super cheesy here, but we do have a sponsor, factorymeals.com. Great food, super easy. You don't want to cook, Jason. You just pop this in the microwave and uh, you guys can get this stuff uh, half off, 50% order off with code DISGRACELAND50. That's factormeals.com for those nights you don't want to cook after work. You're beat, Jason. You come home, you just want to chill. Last thing you want to do is cook. You know, maybe you got other stuff to do while you listen to podcasts. I don't know. All right, 281 has an interesting take. Hey, Jake from DISGRACELAND. That's Renee back out in Houston. I saw this post on, on the old gram that was talking about like how rockers back in the 80s looked like middle-aged men and how it was like much better. I don't know if this could be a subject matter for you at all, but I just found it hysterical. They hate Phil Collins. And I started thinking about like he really was in the news, the cars. Uh, and I guess Bruce Springsteen kind of fits in there, but it's just kind of funny how like the look has changed a lot. You know, it used to be all these sometimes middle-aged rocking looking dudes who look kind of like they could still work at a, as a mechanic or something as opposed to like today where a lot of these guys just look like young kids. Anyways, just late night thoughts, man. Love the show, dude. Listen to all their stuff. Totally dig the 27 Club. Still want to get your logo tattooed on me. You have a good one, man. Bye. Brother, I hear you. Um, this is something that I didn't know was real or if it was my perception, this idea that that men today look like babies compared to men from decades past. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's funny to think about in terms of pop stars. Young Bruce Springsteen at 28 looks like he could be 28-year-old Justin Bieber's dad. But here's the reason why. This isn't my original idea. Someone said this to me. Uh, actually, it wasn't that long ago. It was a couple weeks ago. And I heard this thing where you turn into a man the moment you become fully responsible for yourself. So in other words... You're no longer in college you're, or whatever, you're, or maybe you are in college, but you're just fully responsible for yourself in college. Uh, your, your parents have, have no claim over you. They're not helping you out. You have nothing to fall back on. And something clicks in your face, <laughs> apparently, where you just, you just adopt this look that is just more grown up. It's an attitude. It's an expression. It's a physicality that comes with the mental part of it behind the scenes. And if you think about uh, if you think about generations past and you think about what kids at 18 did, I mean, talk about the World War II generation. You see those pictures. And you know, I look at pictures of my grandfather when he was just graduated high school. And he's a full grown man. And compared to kids now who are 28, 29, 30 years old, it's they look like children. Um, I used to think it was my perception. The older I got, the harder it was to see younger people as being older. Uh, but I don't think that's it. I think there's something to do with, uh, you know, previous generations, you had to become more responsible for yourself earlier than you do nowadays. And I, I think that has everything to do with it or something to do with it, not everything. Um, anyways, that's my half-assed take on that subject. All right, uh, thanks for the voicemails. Keep them coming, guys, 617-906-6638. I'm going to read some texts, then I'm going to read some DMs. All righty, so we, a couple weeks ago, we released this uh, episode on New Order. I think in one of the after parties, I said Joy Division. <laughs> People are like, where's the Joy Division episode? There isn't one. It's a New Order episode. I made a mistake. Um, but we did pose the question, what were the top... Uh, 
post-punk bands in England that came after 1980. You get a lot of incoming on this. Uh, this one from the 619, just right to the point. Smith's Cure, Depeche Mode, Oasis, Joy Division, question mark. All-time timeless holy trinity of music, though. Miles, Monk, and Train. Yeah, tough to argue with either of those lists. Uh, on the same subject, the 256 writes in top English bands of the 90s. Number two, Blur. Number one, Bush. Two words, fuck Oasis. <laughs> I don't know, dude. You're putting Bush over Oasis? I cannot get with that. Let's see what else we got. All right, Sharon from the 905 writes in, Hey, Jake, love the podcast. It was a little before my time, but I was in a conversation with a bunch of people about 70s music, and the chat turned to David Cassidy and the Partridge family and the dark years before he died. I think it would be an interesting episode. That is interesting. I don't know anything about that, but I will check that out. I didn't even realize David Cassidy was dead. That's kind of ridiculous. I should know that. Uh, the 541 writes in, uh, Hey, Jake, love hearing the show three times a week. Best music movie is High Fidelity. That's a great choice. Uh, she says, The Lollapalooza I saw in 1994, Gorge Amphitheater, Washington, was Green Day, Breeders, L7, Nick Cave, Tribe, P-Funk, Beasties, Smashing Pumpkins. I saw that one too. Uh, yes, 1994 is a great year for music, but not the best. 71, 77, 84, 91, get my vote. Wow, I need more on that. I need more on that. Why those years? And since you asked, I'm Tom. I'm a seed farmer in Southern Oregon. I mostly like punk and metal, and I listen to the podcast and music while in the field. Peace. That is awesome to know. I <laughs> love the idea that there's a seed farmer out there with disgrace land in his ears. So cool. Um, 570 writes in, Hey, Jake, this is Mark from the 570. I was listening to the episode on Who's Could Do, and he talked about violent femmes. I'm wondering if you ever heard of the band called Flipper. I have. Not really criminal, but a strange band that got little played just because they couldn't play. Anyway, please keep up the great content on your shows, and thanks for making me laugh out loud a lot. You got it, 570. Thanks for saying I'm funny. I don't think of myself as funny, um, but I, I dig it. Here we go. Let's see. What do we got? Uh, this one is from the 312. Hey, Jake, Sarah from the 312 and 920, since I used to live in Chicago, but moved back to Green Bay. I know I'm late to the party, but I have a fun sort of meet your hero story. My friends and I were at Summerfest in Milwaukee, which is a huge music festival, just in case you didn't know. Uh, and Ringo Starr was one of the headliners. And my friends and I were about three rows back from the front. And my one friend shouted to Ringo that we loved him. And I I kid you not, he looked directly at us and said he loved us too. We thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, anyway, love, love, love the shows you make Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Keep doing what you're doing and rock and roll. You got a 312. That's awesome. God, Ringo Starr. Can't imagine meeting a Beatle. Next level. I've met, I have friends who have met Paul McCartney. One friend who met Paul. Um, Another friend who met Ringo once in a wicked different situation. No, didn't actually meet him, but was in the same room with him at this thing. Um, I don't know what I'd do. I think it would be different than meeting a stone, a Rolling Stone, because though I probably like the Rolling Stones more than I like the Beatles, the Beatles are just bigger, more impactful, and culturally just, I, I don't even know. There's some sort of something extra there. Uh, wow, how inarticulate was that? I'm recording this first thing in the morning. Can you tell? <laughs> uh, hey, Jake, it's Anthony from the 724. I know he sent you an email about me. Uh, well, hey, Anthony, and some other stuff this week after the uh, pre-episode, but listen to your your other stuff today. I generally listen on Fridays at work doing insurance accounting. Yes, it is that dry. Uh, I can binge it. Uh, you, <laughs> Anthony goes on to say, you asked in disgrace, Santa, about top five post-punk bands. Here's mine. Uh, 
Depeche Mode in Pet Shop Boys, Oasis, and Radiohead. And I currently really like Bastille. Bastille. All right. There you go. Thanks, Anthony. All right. The 401 introducing uh, herself here. She says, I'm a hairstylist in Rhode Island. I listen to all your podcasts on my commute to and from work. I'm all about the Brit bands. The Smiths and Depeche Mode are my favorites from the 80s, although Depeche Mode were still making great music in the early 90s. That's for damn sure. They sure were. Uh, a younger me was obsessed with Duran Duran as well. I was into Duran Duran, too, as a young child. Wouldn't say I was obsessed, though. My 90s picks would be Pulp and London Suede. Stone Roses would be a close second. Too many great Brit bands in the 90s to choose from. I would also love some of these bands as subjects for your podcast. Keep up the good work. Amy from the 401. Amy, I got to find a band that's going to allow me to dig deeper into the Manchester scene of the late 80s and 90s. Um, that's on my agenda here. Hey, Jake Sandy from the 620, listening to the after party, and you just talked about TCM, which is one of my favorite channels, texted you about a Star is Born remakes, and that same night, the Barbra Streisand version was on. I saw it too. Sandy. Sandy. I saw it too. God damn it. I even talked about it. Um, it's a huge slice of evergreen cheese and ranks number three on my list. Number one is Lady Gaga. Number two is Judy Garland. Have a great one. You too, Sandy. Thanks for that. Uh, okay, so apparently I asked what wrap it up meant um, relative to the Fabulous Thunderbirds. I know that's a Fabulous Thunderbirds song. I guess I just didn't make the connection. So all of you who texted in about that, I got the message. All right, uh, let's do one more here. 917. Hey, Jake. Deacon here from LA. I would love an episode on, in my opinion, the greatest live band of all time, Fishbone, and how they tried to break a band member out of a cult and ended up in court for assault. Angelo Moore is the most amazing frontman I've ever seen, and recently I had a dream come true when he joined my band, Sailor Ripley, on stage to play saxophone on a song I wrote. Unbelievable. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Rock a roller. Hard to argue, Deacon, with that statement that Fishbone is the greatest live band ever. I've seen them as well. And uh, fucking incredible. Also, why is Truth and Soul, the Fishbone album, so hard to find? What's up with that? Um, yeah, uh, they're on the list. They've been on the list. And uh, I'm sure we'll get into it at some point. I see all your texts here, guys. Uh, I will get into them. I love it. Um, yeah, lots of Waylon Jennings. It's apparent to me that a Waylon Jennings episode has to happen. Um we will get to that. All right. Let me do some DMs here as well. Let's see here. Hey, Jake. Greetings from the 44UK. Plus 44UK. Is that how you say it? Top two bands of the 80s, The Cure and Wham. Top two bands of the 90s, Blur and Pulp. A little bit about me. My name's Kat. I'm 39. I'm self-employed and do classic car and marine upholstery as I work alone. I love listening to your podcast and recently started listening uh, to some other murder mystery shows. I listen to all sorts of music. Lately, I seem to be stuck in 1997, but I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that, too. Uh, bringing it back to your after party about what music you seem to listen to the most. Keep up the great work with your team, Cat. P.S. Here's a pick of my own car that I finished earlier this year. Cat looks like doing some great work over there. Good job, Cat. Thanks for reaching out. What else we got here? This one from Crystal Green says... I recently went to the Netherlands for a huge techno music festival, which was a dream come true for me. And while we were in Amsterdam, we went to a museum called Our House. Our House is a history of dance music museum. It's a fully immersive experience. It goes throughout music and culture from the beginning to now. It shows all the equipment and instruments. I highly suggest that if any of your listeners are in Amsterdam, 
they check it out. All right, you got that, Discos? If you're in Amsterdam, go check out this museum called Our House. Uh, Crystal goes on to say, sorry for such a long message. Shit, man. I love what I love, and I enjoy talking about it. Keep it up. Seriously. Love, love, love everything you guys put out. Peace, love, respect, and techno XOXO. Crystal, we all love what we love, and you don't have to apologize for loving it. That's what we're here for. All right? Guys, text me, call me, 617-906-6638. Tell me what you love at Pod as well on Twitter and Instagram. I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be back in a flash with some recommendations. All right, the recommendations part. This is the recommendations part, the part where we recommend the things that need recommending, the recommendations part, what I've been listening to. So, Fiddler, who we talked about a couple episodes ago, they have a new single out, and it's a new single of an old song. It's a song by a band called Limp Biscuit. Uh, you may have heard of this before. The song is called Nookie. <laughs> the song is awful. <laughs> And uh, Fiddler is not awful. They're fantastic. And their cover of this song is uh, a pretty honest-to-goodness stab at doing this song justice. And it's fucking glorious. It actually made me consider, you know, I was like, wow, is is, is is the original actually really good? And I just hated Fred Durst so much that I couldn't let myself like it. Um, there's something about Fiddler doing this song that gives you permission to like it again, um, or for the first time, I should say. Uh, so I highly recommend <laughs> checking this out if you need a, uh, a little shot of some uh, it's okay to listen to this 90s cheese vibe. Uh, Fiddler, Nookie, you can get that wherever. Um, also, I don't know where I saw it. just popped up. I was, it might have been Instagram. Uh, I saw... Queens of the Stone Age, Joshua May on the uh, Jules Holland show. I forget what the name of it is. The one where they're all playing the round. Um, and he, it was this great Queen song that I love, Make It With You. And PJ Harvey was singing uh, the, the duet part with him. And it just was so fucking cool. And just one of those moments where I'm like, oh, yeah, you just put two of the coolest people in the world on microphones next to each other, and it's going to be interesting. And it just got me thinking, like, God, when else has that happened? And I immediately thought of Stop Dragging My Heart Around, the Tom Petty, Stevie Nicks thing. Uh, but there's so many great duets, and this is a good one to dig into. Um, and also, there's more. There's more duets with just men that are that I than I remember that are that are great. In particular, uh, Easy Lover <laughs> talked about that before. Philip Bailey, Phil Collins' song is fucking on fuego. Never gets old to me. Uh, Don't go breaking my heart. Um, Elton John and Kiki D, The Girl is Mine by Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney. Say, 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 also by Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney. You know where I'm going with this. Uh, who, what, what are the best duets uh, in pop music, though? There's a lot in country, but I'm here for the country ones, too, Kenny and Dolly. But give me the pop music ones, Jay-Z and Alicia Keys, uh, John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John. Best duets, 617 Eight. Uh, also, what I've been listening to, a friend of mine, my friend Hugo, um, my fishing buddy, he sent me this copy of Nevermind the Bullocks, vinyl copy of Nevermind the Bullocks uh, by the Sex Pistols. And 
Uh, I don't know what it is about this record. Uh, it's it's red vinyl. It's one of only a thousand press. So that was very cool. Thank you, Hugo. Um, but it sounds incredible, and it's not one of these uh, remastered, uh, you know, on thicker vinyl. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just one of these things where this record in particular, this slab of vinyl in particular, just sounds fucking bananas on my turntable with the needle I have and the receiver I have, and just something about it. It's like wow, just jumps out of the speakers. Um, and I go back to this record at least once a year. I cannot believe how good it is and in particular i'm always 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 blown away by john lydon's vocals guy might be the greatest rock and roll singer of all time just great um he's got one actually no he's got two two gears but he knows how to drive with them man fucking awesome um i was in atlanta last week down there doing some dead content with my boy Payne Lindsay from Up and Vanished and uh listening to a lot of dead i'm always going back to cornell 77 you know, we've had this conversation, not in the after party, I don't think. I think just on Instagram. Um, you can listen to one dead album the rest of your life from here to eternity. What record is it or what bootleg is it? 617-906-6638. I need to break out of this Cornell 77 hole. It's a great hole. It's a glory hole. <laughs> it's a glorious hole. It's a glorious hole, um, but I need something else. <laughs> Get me out of the deadhead glory hole, the Cornell glory hole. Um, I also watched uh, on the plane, actually on the, on the plane ride home, I watched uh, Tom Petty's Somewhere You Feel Free. And this movie, this movie, they put this movie together. They found all this footage from the making of Wildflowers, which is my favorite Tom Petty record, one of my favorite records of all time. And... Uh, uh, I've often told my wife, like, when I die, play, uh, I want you to play Wildflowers at my funeral. <laughs> She's so sick of me saying this. But the song is incredibly emotional to me for some reason, as it is, I'm sure, to a lot of you and um, most people who hear it. And uh, I, there's so much that I have emotionally atomized in that song. I, I can't even speak to it. I don't even know what it is. And and then by extension in Tom Petty, and then by extension again, Tom Petty's death right around this time when there was a lot of death in my life. And there's just it's just something very heavy connected to that record now for me. And seeing the making of it on film, uh, you know, in you know at thirty thousand feet, I was a freaking puddle there sitting in my seat. It's so sad, um, but also beautiful. Also beautiful portrait of a of a, of a man on a mission to make his greatest creative statement ever. And he went about and did it. And it's just fucking phenomenal. If you have not seen this film somewhere, you feel free uh, with Tom Petty and uh, most of the heartbreakers and Rick Rubin. I highly recommend you check it out. Um, all right. Uh, let me know what you're watching. Let me know what you're listening to. 617-906-6638 at Disgraceland Pod on the socials. I'll be back in a minute. All right, let's recap, shall we? Number one, Sonny Rollins is the latest episode of Disgraceland that is in your feeds right now. Number two, got a whole new season of Badlands coming up. Coming up quick, August 9th, season eight premiere. Mr. Johnny Depp, you don't want to miss that. 
Number three, next week in the Disgraceland feed, it is Velvet Underground. Number four, my number, 617-906-6638. Call me on the telephone or text me. All right, my moment of bliss, me reading you the phone book from Birmingham, Alabama, back in 1960. And away we go. Thompson, Dan, 88208-Court North, 833-9081. Thompson, Dane Miss, 2251 Highland Ave, FA4-8114. Thompson, Dave, 3343 North 31, VI1-2136. Thompson, the Lois, 88208 Court North, 833 9081. Thompson, DeWitt B, 4608 12th Ave North, 5951079. Thompson, Donald, 1012 Southwest 50. Thompson, Dorothy, 529-11 Ave North, FA. Quit talking and start mixing. <laughs>